0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover. I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Omaha, Nebraska. And my guest today is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. And Imogen's gonna actually uh, interview me on the, the topic, which is inhibition as a perhaps sophisticated form of outsourcing. Or for, I think, for Europeans, maybe the term outsourcing isn't used as much, Uh, delegating, assigning a task to someone else, that kind of thing, that's what we're talking about. Um, So, uh, Imogen? Yeah. Okay, I'm in
1: charge now. You're in charge now, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, why don't you start, I know you've been thinking about this a lot, why don't you kind of lay out how things are designed to
0: work right well this is my understanding of how they're designed to work and I think it is supported by neuroscience but bear in mind that neuroscience is still in its infancy and things aren't in the brain things aren't as sharply delineated as they might be in other areas so but it is the model I think the basic model of how our brain and bodies interact is that our conscious the conscious part of our brain which is our prefrontal cortex the part of our brain right above our eyes basically in that area uh it it's really good at coming up with plans and strategies and things that it would like to see happen. Um, um, so for and one of the things it's good at doing is um delivering alexander technique directions all kinds of directions doesn't even really matter for this discussion which kind of alexander direction you as a teacher for example are using the same basic principle that but it's that
1: part of the brain that's delivering the message yeah the conscious brain (laughs) yeah Mm
0: -hmm. and then it's up to the rest of your brain and body to implement that. Uh, they, most of your brain uh, operates outside of your consciousness and, and then they're the, they're your spinal cord is part of that and the nervous system and so on. The vast majority of what goes on when you put out a direction is coming from that unconscious part of your brain. And I'm just going to call them C and U uh, occasionally to just distinguish them, conscious, unconscious. Unconscious, got it. C and U. (laughs) And and I'm laying this all out because this distinction is basically the field on which this whole discussion is going to be um, taking place, this division of of um I won't say effort but division of responsibility okay and um the first thing that kind of um uh, I think is worth saying is that what the conscious brain needs to do to de- to put out an Alexander Technique direction is pretty simple it just has to either have figured out, or heard from a teacher, or read in a book, or just experimenting with a direction. It could be I'm free, it could be my neck is free, it could be whatever, doesn't really matter. Uh, and that's all it does, it just says, oh, this is what I want. Now, it, it, it does need to deliver that in an efficient way, which means no screaming at yourself, no, argue, no yelling at yourself, it needs to be very soft. Basically, you're just saying this is what I would like, that's it, rest of you, the rest of the unconscious part, take it away and make it happen. That, that's really all the conscious brain has to do. The majority of what goes on as a result of that comes from the rest of your rest of you, rest of your brain, the rest mm-hmm. of your body way more than is going on in your conscious brain right that's a really i think it's an important distinction and there's another it's not just that your conscious unconscious brain is really doing most of the work as it were but it's more than that because it doesn't just take the direction in a naive way at face value So, for example, if you say "Well, my neck is free, that seems like a good thing to ask for. It doesn't say okay we'll just free his neck and leave the rest of him alone, because it (laughs) knows through its own internal wisdom that's not really such a great idea. The, I don't know if it's even body. possible,
1: actually. Because we, it,
0: well, it's it is, is impossible <laughs> and certainly not sustainable. And it knows very deeply that everything is connected with everything else, and so you have to, you have to, um, you know, it, it's not just blindly following this simple instruction. It's you got to make some judgment calls, and. Um, the and you know um well i won't go into details about how that can manifest itself because we have talked about that in other podcasts but um the thing is that even though most of what goes on is going on at an unconscious level we tend not to really appreciate that precisely because it's unconscious we sort of take it for granted and, um, you know, I think most people think of intelligence It's sort of associated with conscious brain activity. Mm-hmm. A person is in, considered intelligent if he can make a good argument about something or, or knows certain things um but the intelligence of the rest of the brain and the body which you might want to call body intelligence um kind of doesn't get the attention i think that it deserves so that's that's kind of a part of what feeds into what i'm going to be talking about i think you have a question
1: um well my question is more to do with um what you've described, seems more about direction, although I can definitely see how inhibition comes in. Mm. Um, um, Well, we haven't quite
0: got to inhibition yet. Okay, so this is just, we're, we're just talking about like, sort of standard Alexander technique, self direction technology, handed down, So that's
1: how the giving of directions is designed to work. There's this Bit of your conscious brain that gives the direction. The most of what happens is unconscious, and that we don't appreciate that because it's not
0: conscious. Is
1: that uh, in yeah, a nutshell? Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. There are two. Yeah. There are two things. One. One that leads to the other, and there might be feedback back to yeah. the conscious brain. It's not like uh, yeah, these of course parts it's are a, completely isolated.
1: No, it's all. Yeah.
0: So the wiring in the brain is, is very complex and, and stuff goes in all directions. But just as a as an overall take on it, there is this distinction.
1: So it and sounds fairly simple in principle, right? The actual
0: in how... principle, it's incredibly simple. Oh, all you fuck. have to do is have a direction that you perhaps know from previous experience is useful, and you just deploy it without any particular effort, and suddenly something nice is likely to happen.
1: That's really... What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong?
0: (laughs) Well, it turns out that, (laughs) that using this interface well presents some very serious challenges and um the first one i would say or the maybe even the main one is that the conscious brain in order for this to work the conscious brain needs to stay out of the way of what the unconscious part of you is is going to do in response to your thought right seems and we don't
1: <laughs> like to give up that control, do we? <laughs> so.
0: No, Um most everybody, and I certainly include myself, have a very, are very strongly tempted to want to help out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Could be very, in, it could be in very subtle ways, or it could be in less subtle ways, but there's the temptation to help is huge, right? So when
1: we when you're saying that, you mean, (laughs) for instance, if you were using the direction that you mentioned earlier, my neck is free, sure, Mm -hmm. um, that you might try and free your neck, you start fiddling around. And (laughs) that's certainly a possibility. Or here's,
0: here's an even another one, my neck is free. And things get better, and I noticed that, and I'm real interested in that, Yeah. or and then you... yesterday I used it and a certain thing happened that was great, so part of me is kind of anticipating that today. And there are even more subtle ways, I mean there's levels of subtlety that go very deep. And all of them, all of those things, interferences, even the most subtle, get in the way of the process. Right. And this is something that Alexander himself was very aware of, as were all, as far as I know, all of his senior teachers. I have quotes from Alexander um, where he said, And he's quoted by George Trevelyan on on his first training course, and he says "Um, "The trouble is none of my pupils will believe that all they need to do is think, and that the wish for the neck to be free, and he's using that as an example. (coughs) All they need need to do is think that the wish for the neck to be free will do the trick. But they're all so brutalized by their uh they're all brutalized by their belief in doing and muscular tension. He later says somewhere that like slave, we're slaves to our muscles. And he's saying that's that's a problem. He's up against himself. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really quite know what to do with it. Um later on, his niece Marjorie Barlow, in her book, um, an examined life mm-hmm. um says um she quotes alexander as saying giving directions is an exercise in finding out what thinking is what mm-hmm. just thinking and nothing else is he says uh and he says you know she says we're always inclined to think uh, uh, or she said sorry she says but But we, we mean to send, we need to send the direction, not try to implement, not try to carry it out, not even, and these are her words, not even a teeny weeny bit. We're always inclined to think, oh well, just a little bit, just give it a little nudge. And a lot of that's not very conscious, actually, the degree to which we are helping it along or trying to help it along. Otherwise, we'd stop. But it, it is a blind alley. These are all her words. So she was so very that's clear about that.
1: actually another challenge because mm-hmm. the trying to help part might be
0: unconscious as well as. So. We're so used to it. Well, I think know. that's more
1: of a habit.
0: It's a Um, habit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Walter Carrington just I just want to give a couple of these quotes because he said lots of pupils wish the up to happen. But since they don't really set much store on the wish, they will just do a little bit just to make sure just to be on the safe side, they'll introduce just a little bit of doing that's pretty
1: nice right (laughs) and
0: uh um marjorie uh marjorie barstow didn't dress it quite that way but she did say that constructive thinking is incredibly simple she said it's too simple she would say you people just don't believe how simple it is she didn't say it was easy but she no. said it was simple so yeah. i i think there's kind of i would say pretty universal understanding by fm and first generation teachers and i assume a lot of second third whatever generation teachers. yes <laughs> this is this is an issue now i think a lot of it is um we i think we to use a modern term, we want to all be influencers. We want to be kind of in charge of the outcome at some level. And we want to stay involved. We want to, we may even just want to check in to make sure it's going okay. That Being in control, feeling in control. Yeah. Right. So Alexander, you know, Alexander in his books talks about the importance of us learning to operate on a conscious plane using our conscious brain. But I I but he but I think he came to realize that just telling people that wasn't just enough to make it happen i mean he it it is true we should be operating on a conscious plane to decide what to do or what to think Mm -hmm. but we have to be really vigilant not to interfere with the manifestation of that
1: yeah that we realize the the limits of the conscious part and we know this is The conscious part the rest yeah um it's it is really challenging in practice especially at first um because it's not how we're used to doing anything and yet you have that great idea like if i think the sky you know the sun is shining i don't then like focus on it and try to make the sun shine brighter it's just like this passing thought i think that's a brilliant way to to kind of give an example of that's kind of how lightly we can very lightly. deliver a very
0: directions. lightly as lightly yeah. as mm-hmm. possible without yeah. losing that intent yeah. at all. You're basically just saying softly to the rest of you, this, this, I would like this and the rest of you says you know that's a good project we're going to work we're going to take care of it and we're going to make sure it's the best we can do take care of things that you your conscious brain may not have any idea about we'll take care of it right
1: i'm sure i remember listening to a podcast with a neuroscientist i can't remember the name but really saying something like only 3 percent." Of our, uh, what the brain's function is conscious, the vast, tiny, vast. vast yeah. I might not have got that statistic right, but it is it's a pretty, really tiny part of what the brain does. Is this conscious thing?
0: In terms <laughs> so, of of brain matter mass, yeah, you look yeah, at a
1: brain function, a picture
0: yeah. of a brain, and and you'll see the prefrontal cortex is this pretty small part. And then there's the whole rest of the brain. Then there's the the spinal cord, which really is part of the brain. And then there's the entire peripheral nervous system. And that's all of that's a lot more than yeah. than the um, so and the, what the conscious brain is in terms of size. So what's going on here? And one way to describe this is it's a form of outsourcing, or you could even say insourcing. I suppose <laughs> the the conscious brain, in, to, for this to work well, implicitly is outsourcing the implementation entirely. Hopefully, to the rest of the system, which is perfect which is waiting to hear this kind of good, good direction. And if you were to give yourself a nonsense direction, which is sometimes useful to test directions, like I'm green, the rest of you does just, oh yeah, he's just doing his thing. We're not even gonna pay any attention to that. You know, it's pretty sophisticated it's sense.
1: funny I've, I've used that with some people and they actually have had um what you might call somewhat positive results just because they found it humorous and that you know when we smile or laugh that has an effect on our oh, <laughs> entire sure. oh, oh, body nervousness yeah yeah so, right um you know um, but as a
0: as a testing technique for yeah. whether a, a direction is actually useful which i mm-hmm. encourage all my students to do because otherwise mm-hmm. i don't want anyone just going around thinking a thought because i told them to they play with it um, but that's that's what I really basically mean by inhibition, I- inhibiting uh, this, uh, inhibiting the desire to uh, implement. It's the the implementation is kind of, that's that's kind of how we are typically, sort of why wi- not wired up, but that's how we tend to do things and in a at least one form of inhibition i I suppose there are other there are other ways of defining inhibition that are quite different but i think in terms of inhibition and direction as sort of two sides of the same coin really that inhibition is just about actually allowing that system to work the way it's designed to and inhibit the temptation to help out in even the most and subtle ways
1: yeah so. I, I totally agree and i'm I, i'm also thinking um usually and you said it yourself this way that we think of inhibition and direction in that order and it actually oh. might be inhibition direction inhibition
0: <laughs> i think there i think i don't think you can i I wouldn't even think it's an order thing. I think yeah, it's I mean, all, I, it's, I
1: totally agree. Um, yeah. um. But from from when I was first learning it, it definitely, you know, is like, you know, stop. Don't go with your habitual. Mm-hmm. Do your direct. You know. <laughs> um, do your no, direction. Well,
0: one way to inhibit is to come to a complete stop, but. More commonly, you're in the midst of an activity. You're in the midst of some perhaps self-direction, and it's right then that you also want to inhibit this this temptation to help out. So, to me, inhibition and ger- good good direction requires good inhibition. Uh, um, you have the direction has to be a useful one. You know, it can't just be any old thing. Like, well, like I'm green or I'm purple, not. Terribly useful directions, except for. Although, experiment. if you
1: personally find that they are very useful, go and for it. Go
0: for it. <laughs> yeah, but I think most people. Are gonna yes, I'm, I'm that
1: not that really.
0: Humor will wear off pretty quickly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, that's basically uh what I wanted to say about that topic. Do you have anything you want to add to this? No she says. (laughs)
1: Um, um, Just to bring it back to what you were saying about the outsourcing or the delegating or um, that that whole idea is that you that's what the inhibition is you you're letting your whole unconscious self take care of things and you see what happens when when you do that.
0: And maybe Maybe there's a little element of patience, mm-hmm. because it could be that you could come up with a direction and it might take a second or two for everything to kind of click in. Who knows, mm-hmm. although usually it's pretty quick, but if you if you jump in before it's had time to do what it would organically do, then mm-hmm. you've short-circuited the process. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what would be good to inhibit. Yeah. And then as
1: you go along, you inhibit trying to help and you inhibit trying to getting sucked into being interested in it and all of that stuff. Very subtle,
0: very subtle ways of sneaking in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think everyone has their own subtle ways of doing it. And and so sometimes you have to come up with a strategy for overcoming that, because sometimes uh, like, for example, I just I'll just give a quick example from from my own experience when I started using uh, freedom directions like my breathing is free or even negative directions like um, I'm not breathing, and I would do that when I was lying down getting ready to go to sleep. And suddenly my breathing would just go crazy, you know, and I, it I, I was hard for me not to just get drawn into that. And I had to come up with sort of alternative strategies, typically using some other direction that wasn't directly a breathing one. Uh, like I'm not lying on the bed or something like that. And even then it would stay you know. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it might almost be for some people, maybe some people can really just do it perfectly all the time. I think for most of us, it's kind of an ongoing, we, we slip back into some version of it and then we catch ourselves and yeah. Know. Okay, so I think it's a good you. place to end. Um, well, my, my interviewer today has been Imogen Ragone, an Alexander teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. And I will put uh, by in the description of the, the video, and this will also be a podcast, a link to a blog I wrote some time ago called Not Even a Teeny Weeny Bit that has all those quotes and some others and and really lays out uh how teach senior, you know, Alexander and first generation teachers uh approach this issue. So thank you for doing this, Imogen. Thank you.